You're listening to The Happy Hour with Nick Sainert. I'm leaving people. Then Enrique Alvarez Clary. What do you mean, you people? What do you mean, you people? Huh? Sponsored by Empire Fence and Netting on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back into the happy hour, 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com. Nick Enrico joining you. Okay, so we uh, had a good conversation there in the first segment regarding Nebraska Creighton, which seems to be the buzz. I mean, if you go on Twitter, uh, it just seems like that's the buzz today. Go to 93.7 The Ticket's Twitter. Check out the video we posted about Jake talking about Creighton and how much he enjoyed them losing. And just go through the comments. Creighton fans are in the mentions. They are uh, upset. Yeah, which it's okay. It's okay. Uh, we go to the Honda of Lincoln Hotline. We bring in our good friend Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska, the rival site for the Huskers. Been a busy weekend. Steve, do you cheer for Creighton? Um, I cheer for good basketball in the state of Nebraska. Is that an acceptable answer? That Ooh, means you cheer for. That means you cheer for Creighton. Wait, does that mean that Nebraska's basketball is not good? Um, I think it's it's uh, seen better years, and I think it's. <laughs> getting better Rico well okay Steve I'm just upset because you know whole will they won't they situation going on today yeah I uh you know I I understand that I you know as a as a member of the media I try not um to be a fan of anything that I cover I think it's Good point. best to um stay unbiased and especially with your work and not try to lean one side toward the other and I do cover Nebraska basketball much more than uh Creighton basketball but I I you know I'm just if you take take a step away from the job and just look at the two programs, I think Creighton basketball is obviously the better program, and um, you know they've they've been doing it a lot better than Nebraska basketball has in, in recent years. And I don't think anybody would disagree with that, right? Yeah, well, and, well and you would think so. Along with this, along with this, Steve, um, I'm sure you you saw, I've heard that Isaac Trout is now into the portal. Um, yeah. and and in his little graphics, talks about being closer to home and being closer to his loved ones. I mean. If you're Nebraska, you missed out on John Tanji, who is now committed to Missouri. And we won't have yep. to stay on basketball for too long here, but um, since you do cover the Huskers, we can talk about it. And, I mean, you have Isaac Trout, who was was considering Nebraska out of high school, ends up going to uh, Virginia for a year, gets hurt, red shirts, and, and now wants to come back home. This is one of those that, I mean, you have to you have to try your hardest to keep these guys in Lincoln if you're Fred Hoiberg, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's there's um, there's not a thought in my head that Nebraska is not going to, you know, at least uh, contact Isaac and see what he's um, thinking. I mean, that that that's obvious in my opinion. And you know, I've, I'm I covered Isaac Trout um, in his final AAU season here in Lincoln with the Nebraska Supreme. I, I traveled with them over the summer um, before he went to before he picked Virginia and, and went over to Charlottesville and. Um, just all the talent in the world with that guy. I mean, he's, he's got all the length through the roof. He, he can, he can, um, shoot the ball from anywhere on the court. Um, what I, what I thought just watching him in the summer, and I know he didn't play a game, um, during, he didn't play a game at Virginia as he redshirted. Um, but I, I, I assumed that he was working, um, his top priority was just his overall game, of course. But, you know, if he, I remember watching him in the AAU season and, and his strength was the thing that needed to be the biggest. Um, I, I think if he, if he just got stronger, it would help him out so much. And I assume that's what he was working on 
um, at Virginia, and he'll continue to work on wherever he winds up. But, um, yeah, if you're in Nebraska, you absolutely contact Isaac Trouton and, and just see what he's thinking and, and see where he's at because, you know, if he gets some games under his belt, he gets experience and keeps working on his game and, and evolves his game, I, I think that Isaac Trout, you know, would be an excellent, excellent pickup for Nebraska and be exactly um, somebody and someone that they would want in their program because we saw what, um, you know, Sam Greasel can do coming back home. And, you know, and I know Isaac's not from Lincoln, but um, it would be a similar um, kind of notion, I think, with a home state kid coming and, and playing for the Huskers. That would be really kind of appealing if you would come and, and you know, help this program take another step forward just like Sam did. Um, you can be a rock star in this state with the fan base behind you, as crazy as Nebraska's is. So, um, you know, there's a lot of benefits right now, um, a lot of things that Nebraska could um, pitch on the recruiting front right now that I think would be really appetizing for somebody like Isaac Trout. But, you know, Creighton's right down the road, too, and, and I know he was very high on the Blue Jays um, in high school as well. Well, so so Trout was the uh, the highest-rated signee in, in Virginia's 2022 uh, recruiting class, if that if that tells you anything. I, last one real quickly before we switch over to, to football. I mean, what would just a 6'2", 220-pound body do for Nebraska? Yeah, 6'10", probably. Or six, excuse um, me, 6'10", yeah, not 6'2", yeah. excuse me. Yeah, yeah. it's just he's – when I look at Isaac Trout, I just look at, like, the modern-day basketball, like how, how everybody's kind of playing right now. He's that stretch four. He can play a small ball five, I think. He, he's able to hit threes. Um, I, I know – I forget what he shot um, at Grand Island his senior year, but it wasn't bad. Um, but, yeah, he's just that prototypical stretch four, stretch five. And once he gets more physical, once he gets stronger um, down low, he can just really be a menace. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm a really big Isaac Trout fan. And, and on top of all that, I mean, just like Sam Greasel, I think that he's an absolutely really great human. He's a nice guy. He's just somebody that I think the fan base would really come to love, just like they did with Sam. Um, you know, I, I, he would do everything – correct on the court he would do everything right off the court he, he's just a rock star in the making in my opinion i'm really really high on isaac trout so it's going to be really interesting um to see where his recruitment goes from here because i know he's going to be getting a lot of phone calls but like you said um in his little statement there he, he's looking somewhere closer to home so um that that leads at least in my opinion uh, Nebraska or Creighton, but I'm sure others will uh, toss their hat in the ring. Yeah, Trout, uh, as a senior in Grand Island, averaged 24 points a game and nine rebounds. He was the Nebraska Gatorade Player of the Year in uh, 2022 as well. Um, so we'll see what happens. As Steve said, recruited by a lot of the top top programs coming out of high school, Gonzaga, North Carolina, Kansas, Michigan State, Texas, uh, Creighton, obviously, and among others, those are the ones that Virginia's website lists. So uh, he'll have his pick of the litter, I'm sure, in, in the portal. Because once again, top uh, top 100 recruit by, by a mile for uh, the Virginia Cavaliers in 2022. Going over to football, we're joined by Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska. Steve, uh, we didn't get to talk to you after we we got to check out practice last week. It, what all stuck out to you? Yeah, so I was just for um, people at home, like my my job uh, during the open media portion access uh, portion access was to check out the defense, and then gotcha. uh, tomorrow I will be on offense duty. Uh, while uh, the publisher at Inside Nebraska, Zach Carpenter, will be on defense duty. Um, but when I was looking at the defense uh, last week, it, I wanted to really see the SEC transfers, who I think are um, going to play a lot for Nebraska this season, in Chief Borders, the former Florida Gator, and MJ Sherman, 
the former Georgia Bulldog. I mean, those guys look the part. I mean, they, they are, they are strong. They are big. They, out of everybody on Nebraska's roster, I mean, if you just like lined them up and had to pick out guys and say like who, who out of this group played in the SEC before, I mean, it'd be Chief Borders and MJ Sherman. Mm-hmm. Those guys are absolutely stacked. They look the part. They are strong. They are fast. I mean, we only got to see, uh, 40 minutes or so, and it's not, not too much that you can kind of glean from, from the uh, media access that we do get, but um, you know you can just see that they're going to be key members of the defense in 2023 without a doubt. Another guy that I kind of found interesting was another SEC transfer from Florida, just like Chief Porter's uh, safety, Corey Collier. Um, good size on him. He's he's got a lot of length. Um, I don't think he's um, maybe maybe as as big as I thought he was, um, but. He, he uh, was really doing well in the tackle drills that I saw Evan Cooper, the defensive backs coach running. Uh, Corey Collier just, you know, he's a lot of people know about him. He's a former five-star recruit in the 2021 class um, who spent the past two seasons at Florida and then is in Lincoln right now. He didn't play a lot in Florida, but he's another guy that, you know, with Tony White bringing his 3-3-5, there's going to be an extra defensive back out there is, is Corey Collier going to be maybe that rover position. I think he's a strong candidate to play it along with, Guys like Isaac Gifford, Miles Farmer, um, just these uh, kind of long, lanky defenders who who have the freedom to kind of run around and and uh, follow the ball. So uh, Corey Collier, MJ Sherman, Chief Borders were really were really kind of high on my radar to look, um, as well as some of the defensive linemen. There weren't a lot of interior big bodies there uh, that Terrence Knighton was was working with, but I really kind of found it interesting that uh, Nash Hutmacher, who was expected to play a lot. I'm in the middle of Nebraska's defensive line. He's he's gone to work on his body a lot, and you know he was listed at uh, 330 pounds last year, but I don't think he's around 330 right now. I I'd, I'd be, mm-hmm. I bet he's around 310 or a little over 300 right now, which I think is good for somebody like Nash Hutmacher because we we know strength will never be an issue with Nash. Nash Nash's um, obviously um, got through the roof strength, but it's just that lateral quickness is his ability to to turn that. Uh, wrestling background into into maybe football production on the field and, and disengage off blocks and stuff. I think that's something that he maybe struggled with last year in his first season as kind of like real playing, um, real um, snaps. So, um, you know, he's going to be a really big part of the interior defensive line in Nebraska this this fall. And I'm just wondering, um, you know, if, if his work in kind of sculpting his body down to maybe play more reps during the game, if, you know, if, on top of that, he adds, you know, that lateral quickness and, and being able to shed blocks um, better than last year. So I'll be um, – those are those are, uh, kind of big big ones that I was keeping my eye on. Now, I know you said you were keeping your eye on the big guys and the size and the, and the transfers in, but another guy from the south, probably one of the smaller guys uh, on that defensive unit, kind of the breakout star of last year's defense, Malcolm Hartsog, drew a lot of praise uh, from head coach Matt Rule in, in one of his press, pressers lately. Um, did you get a chance to see him? And, and if you did, what were your thoughts on Hartsog? Yeah, so I, I did. I I, uh, I really like Quentin Newsom, so I was kind of looking at Quentin Newsom. But with Quentin and the other corners was uh, Malcolm Hartsog, and yeah, Tony White was super super um, happy with what he saw with Malcolm Hartsog, and and it was really interesting because you know we know Malcolm as a, as a little five foot nine corner out there who who played a lot of the true freshman eight games he started last year and led the team in interceptions with three. Um, but, you know, if you listen to Tony White, he, he was thinking, you know, is, is Malcolm going to be a corner? Is he going to be a safety? Is he going to be that, that nickel who lines up in the slot? Um, there's a lot of different things that I think Tony White gets excited about when talking about a guy like Malcolm Hart- Hartzog, who, 
you know, he's he's five eight, five nine, but he just plays so much bigger. And I thought I I think Husker fans really saw that last year. And it's really gonna be interesting because if if, you know, Tony White sees something in somebody else and is comfortable with quitting Newsom at corner and, and maybe somebody else at corner, um that, that leaves a safety spot open and, and and does Malcolm Hartzog fit there? And and if so, what does that look like? I mean, I'm I'm super, super excited and and it's fun to kind of think about these guys in different roles. And I think Tony White is, you know, he, he sees the film, he watches the film from last season and a couple of seasons ago. And, and we all have um, kind of ideas in our head where these guys are at, but Tony White is looking at it from a different way. And, um, you know, it's just going to be really fun to see, um, maybe go to practice and see where these guys line up. I doubt we're going to get to see too much uh, meaningful stuff, but uh, um, yeah, I'm really interested in Malcolm Hartzog and, and his, his maybe transition to maybe a safety or, or maybe um, just some some sort of hybrid, maybe if, if he uh, fits into that rover role. I don't know. Um, a lot of guys seem to. But, um, yeah, Malcolm Hartzog, um, really, really good and really interesting guy. We're talking to Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska. Steve, last one before we we go ahead and let you go for for the week. Um, you wrote an article, and I understand you were watching defense last week, and you're going to watch offense tomorrow. Uh, but you wrote an article highlighting Ethan Piper a little bit, and yeah. so I, I, where does I mean Ethan Piper says he's ro- ready to rock and roll. I think was the quote when we talked got to talk yeah. to him last Monday. But I guess overall, where does your your confidence kind of lie with this offensive line unit as a whole? I mean, because they're losing their starting center, and and yes, they got Ben Scott from Arizona State, but they missed out on offensive lineman Micah Mazuka and and Walter Rouse, um, and and they didn't really add. I mean, they added Jacob Hood, but he's no Micah Mazuka or Walter Rouse. You get Nerd and yeah. Wheelie back. I mean, where where are we at with this offensive line? Well, there's not a lot of them, and I think that. Um, there not there aren't just a lot of scholarship bodies right there. Like if you watch them at practice, I mean, you, you everybody would think to themselves, I think, like, man, there's just not a lot of bodies. And Matt Rule mm-hmm. is on record saying that he wants around 16 scholarship guys, and I think they have around 12 or 13 right now. Gotcha. Um, and uh, you know, I don't know. I I think there's a the core group. I mean, Marcus Satterfield, the offense, said that he really likes what the core group was showing right now. And the core group, I mean, sure. If if you the good thing is Ben Scott right he so he has 28 I think it was 28 starts under his belt 17 at right tackle and 11 at center in in his career at Arizona State if he can lock down that center position which a lot of people think he can I mean Dominic Dominic Riel is going to do his best best coach speak and and say he's um, everybody's kind of up for grabs every spot is up for grabs but let's just say uh, Ben Scott's going to be the starting center and then you got the interior line. Uh, left guard, right guard. I mean, uh, you know, I know I wrote about Ethan Piper, and I don't, you know, is, is he a surefire starter? I don't, I don't think so right now. But what what I really like about Ethan is he he can play all three of those interior spots. He can be a left guard, he can be a right guard, and he was the top backup at center last year, and so that's really really impressive right now uh, with Ethan Piper because he's a veteran guy. He's entering his fifth year in the program. Um, he's he's just one of those kind of guys that can play a lot of different spots on the line outside of the tackles. And then you know if, if Turner Corcoran, um, I think he I think his future um, in football is that guard, primarily left guard. And I know he was playing pretty well pretty well last year um, before Taper Hoskins injury at left guard. If he can lock down that left guard spot, that right guard is Norden Newilly. I really like what Norden. I know he's going to have to shake some rust off i mean obviously from the the suspension from last year but you know if he can if he can lock down that right guard i really like that interior d line or the interior o line 
And, you know, that obviously just leaves the edges right now. And, and I don't know if you guys have seen um, Bryce Benhart. He's um, looking his body like a lot of the bodies in the offensive line room. Bryce Benhart has looked like he's shed some good weight, in my opinion. And, you know, he, he's played right tackle his whole career here in, in Lincoln. Obviously, it wasn't um, very good last year, but uh, there's a lot of just depending and, and hopes lying on those edges with at, uh, left tackle and right tackle, right tackle with Bryce Benhart and left tackle with Teddy Prohaska. And obviously Teddy is wearing that green jersey right now and he is limited, um, hasn't really been working with that top group. Um, but, you know, that core group, like Satterfield said, I, I think it could be okay if everything comes together, but that's a big question, right? I mean, because uh, T- Teddy Prohaska is coming off two season-ending injuries and in many seasons, and we all know what Bryce Benhart looked like on the right side last year. So the good thing is I really like Ben Scott at center. If he does end up being center, I think, you know, that's the quarterback of the offensive line. And to have a veteran guy like that um, just kind of step in and and seamlessly transition um, to it, I I think that's that's a really good thing. And like I said, I like the interior combinations, all three of them. There's, uh, There's different ways that you could go with those three spots, but whatever you end up, Every, whatever you end up on, I, I kind of like um, all the possibilities there, but it's just those those edges at, at tackles. I I don't know. It's, there's not a lot of depth there at all right now, and that's that's kind of scary. But yeah. you know, if everything works out and those guys stay healthy and and take a step forward from last year, yeah, it is a core group, and and that's that's kind of fun to think about. Yeah, I, I, we'll see what happens, and obviously there's going to be the the rush of transferring and, and portaling yep. at, at the end of spring ball as well. All right, Steve, hey, appreciate the time as always. Glad we could get you on, and, and we'll uh, we'll see you tomorrow at practice and, and talk to you next Monday. Yes, we'll see you guys bright and early. Thanks for having me on. That is Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska. Appreciate his time as always. Let's go ahead and take our final time out. Austin will join us next for the crossover on the ticket. Download our app by searching 93.7 The Ticket in your app store to stay in touch and listen all day long wherever you are. More of the happy hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.